0: The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter, at Gator Dave underscore SEC, and joining me this episode to preview the Gators Peach Bowl opponent is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports, the Michigan Insider. We'll break down the Wolverines and all the storylines surrounding Michigan, heading into the final game of this 2018 season, Peach Bowl in Atlanta for the Gators, and uh, trying to finish out with 10 wins on the season. But before we get there, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jacks sports team. Also, catch us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. And when using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. All right, let's get to Steve Lorenz from the Michigan Insider from 24-7 Sports to preview these Michigan Wolverines. Steve, thank you so much for joining me here on Gators Breakdown.
1: Appreciate it, yeah, no problem.
0: Okay, and uh, of course, Coming off the uh, Ohio State game, that's where everyone's pointing to right now. So, you know, pointing to the mindset and and motivation for this Michigan team, you know, after having their sights set on the the Big Ten championship uh, in the college football playoff, what would you say that the mindset and motivation uh, for this Michigan team is right now?
1: Uh, Yeah, i think that's it's obviously a great question. I I mean, I look at it big picture-wise. I actually do kind of feel like the two teams meeting are – the motivations are a little bit – opposite directions almost I think Michigan is probably deflated I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how they come out on Saturday you know Florida I think looking to take that next step uh, in year one already you know looking like probably better than I assume most Florida fans thought they would uh, in year one Uh, so for Michigan I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they react and how they rebound Uh, you know they did they got shellacked uh, in Columbus uh, for what 14th time in 15 years Uh it's been a long haul for Michigan fans in that regard and for the players uh, and then now you have four players uh four good players for Michigan that are going to be sitting out uh, so I think it, there's a really interesting dynamic in that regard uh, I think there's defensively I think there's going to be a lot of desire to reverse what happened in Columbus. I mean, they were the number one defense in the country going into the game. I think they still finished one statistically, but uh, pretty much that unit was embarrassed uh, maybe for the first real time under Don Brown. Uh, so I think they're going to be hungry. Offensively, I think I think they're going to want to do a little bit more in the passing game than they have. I think they're going to try to utilize those guys a little bit more on the outside than Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So, you know, I think there's a motivation to finish the these Season strong, uh, they got beat by South Carolina last year in the bowl game. I think that's still kind of fresh in a lot of these guys' minds too. Um, but in my honest opinion, I, I do. I feel like the two teams uh, have a lot. It's a different type of situation that they're each playing for in this game.
0: And Steve, uh, the Gator fans, I, when when this game was announced, it was kind of split. You know, oh, it's ho hum, we're playing Michigan again. But then the other. Half of the fan base was, hey, it's the Peach Bowl. It's a big-name opponent. Uh, so was, the Gator fan base was kind of split on, on playing Michigan again. Uh, Michigan again What's the gauge of the uh, Michigan fan base on having to play Florida again?
1: Disappointment. Uh, just if only because it's the third time in four years that the two teams have played. Uh, you know, I don't think it was anything about, you know, if they, if they played LSU three times in the last four. I think it would have been the same thing. I think fans wanted to see some, see him play somebody a little bit different. I also think, you know, I got to assume that there's some, uh, within the fan base that see, you know, Michigan has kind of dominated, uh, those last two games against Florida and figure that Florida is going to have, that's another aspect of motivation that Florida is going to have coming into this game is that they're going to want to reverse the trend against Michigan. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys on this year's team were there last year, uh, at Cowboy Stadium. So, You know, I think for Michigan fans, I do, I think there was uh, definitely some disappointment. But if only just because they've seen the same team uh, three times in, in the last four seasons.
0: And Steve, uh, before we move, we move on uh, for, further in, in a preview of the, uh, this Florida Michigan matchup, what went wrong uh, versus Ohio State? You know, the gas, the last game Michigan uh, played. You know what happened where it just kind of snowballed after in, in, into the second half of that game, where you know after halftime or you get to halftime, it, it's a game, but then in the second half, Ohio State just comes out and dominates.
1: Biggest thing to me, uh, you know, they played Indiana the week before, and one thing I had taken notice of against Indiana, who Indiana. You know, middle of the road, maybe below average team in the Big Ten, but had a good offensive line. Uh, they were really able to stop Michigan's defensive front from getting any pressure with just four guys. Uh, we talked about that going into the Ohio State game that, you know, if the defensive line played like they did against Indiana, they were, they were going to be in trouble. And, uh, it's exactly what happened. Uh, you look back to two years before, uh, this year's game against Ohio State. I think in 2016, 2017 combined, Michigan had something like 36 six tackles for a loss in the two games against Ohio State. Uh, their defensive front had manhandled Ohio State up front in both those games. Uh, this game was a complete reversal of that. Dwayne Haskins was clean, in the pocket all day, able to get, you know, they have probably the most athletic group of receivers Michigan had faced, and uh, they were he was able to just pick them apart. Uh, really, I don't know if he went to the ground but maybe once uh, behind the line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, with Haskins now, with, with Herbert coming back to Oregon, you know, Haskins looking like the top NFL prospect at quarterback, you know, you give a guy like that time uh, with an elite group of receivers and, you know, no matter how good your defense is, uh, they're going to struggle. And so I think, uh, I think that was really the biggest thing uh, that went wrong. A couple um, coverage mismatches too that Ohio State continued to take advantage of, but again, that still really came down to the fact that Michigan got no pressure with their front four. So uh, that's where I think that they lost the game. The offense, while they Ended up with putting up 39 points. I think the offense was still kind of maddeningly inconsistent, uh, made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but really, I think this was a game that you would definitely put on the defense. You can't give up 62 points and then say that the offense was the primary reason you lose the game, right? So uh, so 62, I thought the pass rush was, was mediocre at best, and, and Dwayne Haskins was basically able to just pick them apart.
0: All right, now we'll look ahead. Uh, kind of just this season in general and the game coming up, uh, Saturday with Florida and Michigan. Steve Lorenz from the Michigan Insider joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Steve, uh, how much of a difference does Shea Patterson make? Uh, the old Miss transfer uh, in this offense, of course. You know, Florida-Michigan met in the first game last year. Uh, both teams were still trying to figure out the quarterback position, but Michigan had really had it figured out this year with Shea Patterson.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, his, his season, I think, rating, passer rating-wise, completion percentage-wise, has, has actually was one of the best in Michigan history, which – it's pretty impressive when you consider some of the guys that have come through there. Uh, I think he's been great. He's reliable. Uh, he does not turn the ball over very often. Uh, the one thing I think really added for them, and I don't think Michigan used it enough, uh, in Columbus was that zone read, uh, where he was, the, where he'd be the keeper. Uh, it, it really hurt, uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Penn State. Those teams really struggled with that uh when they have when he had Higdon to give the ball to, you know, it gave him a couple options and Patterson's really good at knowing when to keep and when to give the ball away. Uh so he's he's brought uh yeah sort of a steadying force I think to the offense. And and with him coming back next year, you had Dylan McCaffrey who really looked awesome uh when he came in to spell Patterson and then Joe Milton out of Orlando and Florida fans probably somewhat familiar with him. Uh the guy with the cannon arm uh, is kind of that uh, young guy waiting in the wings who they have really, really high hopes for. So, uh, you know, with Patterson coming back next year, their quarterback room should be one of the better in the country. Uh, but his addition, yeah, I mean, it's made a huge difference for them offensively. They've just been more consistent. They've been able to balance things out a little bit more. And the biggest thing to me is that they didn't turn the ball over nearly as much as they did last year, and I think he's the biggest reason why.
0: If we move to uh, who can help uh, Shea Patterson, well, it, it won't be Karan Higdon who announced he will not play uh, in this bowl game. You know, what does the Michigan run game bring to the table without Higdon on the field, and how much of an impact was he on this offense this season?
1: Well, he was first-team All Big Ten. Uh, you know, so that's he's another. You know, you talk about Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, Dron Bushovadi. I mean, all four of those guys are huge losses. Uh, Higdon. You know, Chris Evans is a guy that can be a really good running back, but I think Evans is a guy that's not necessarily your 25-carry, 30-carry guy like Higgin could be if he needed him to be. I think Evans is best utilized uh, in a mix between the passing and, and running the ball, and he's a great receiver on the backfield as well. Uh, so Hickman is going to be a, a significant loss for them. I think one guy to watch is uh true freshman Christian Turner is really the guy that's going to uh, kind of probably – bear the load on Saturday I would assume uh, I think again you know the, the way that bowl games are kind of shifting I think to give a true freshman an opportunity now in a game where he's not really going to burn his redshirt uh, I think is, is something that Michigan uh, with Higgin out is something that they're going to look to do because uh, 'cause uh second year guy Maurice Daniels was actually uh, dismissed from the team a couple weeks ago as well so, uh, so that's technically two guys I guess they maybe would have gotten the ball on Saturday that won't be uh, so I think the onus is kind of on Turner I'm interested to see if Michigan uses a little bit more of their uh, fullback. Ben Mason is a guy they've used in a feature back type deal occasionally. I don't know if they'll do more of that on Saturday or not, uh, but that's another potential option. And then, like I said, Evans is kind of the guy, 15 carries, four or five receptions-type guy if they use him the way they want to use them.
0: And we'll move to the other side of the ball. You mentioned no Gary, uh, no Bush on, on defense. Who are some of the players we can look for in their absence and and stepping up for this Michigan defense?
1: Well, it starts with Chase Winovich, I think. Uh, you know, I think you could argue that he was their best player defensively. I think it would have been him or Bush, probably the two best players defensively, uh, as far as consistently, you know, and consistency and and just the production throughout the season. Uh, both, though they're, uh, cornerbacks, David Long, Laver Hill will play on Saturday. Those are guys I think were mulling the NFL and considering sitting out, that type of stuff. Both of those guys will play on Saturday. Uh, Josh Metellus, uh, Devin Bush's teammate, uh, former high school teammate out of, uh, Flanagan High School down in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, he's a guy that's really emerged this year as a, as sort of a steadying, sort of that steadying force that Patterson is on offense. I think Metellus kind of is on defense. Uh, so those are really the guys I think that'll star I think one guy to maybe watch for in this game is is Quiddy uh second year defensive end he'll be taking Rashawn Gary's spot uh, he's been great in uh, pass rush type situations along with Josh Duce another Florida product out of uh, Columbus High School in Miami uh, are both of those guys I think are going to see a ton of snaps and then they're going to do what they can to get after the passer so uh, those are the guys to look for I mean even without Bush and Gary, they're still, I think their defense is still primed to uh, potentially have some a high level of success in this game. Uh, but again, you can't, you know, anticipate that necessarily, especially like I said with Bush, who's just been such an a amazing player for Michigan the last two years.
0: Right. A couple more thoughts here uh, from Steve Lorenz of the Michigan Insider. Uh, Steve, I'd be remiss to ask if. Uh... You know, all the Jim Harbaugh talk, NFL talk, it got quieted down for a little while, then ramped back up with it with the Jets this past week. Uh, does Does that storyline get old for Michigan fans and and you guys covering the team?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I think he'd be, it'd be, I, it'd be kind of dumb, I think, I just as to put it in a frank way, for him to leave now, uh, if he was to ever entertain those, he'd pretty much, you know, because beating Ohio State is is number one at Michigan. Uh, he hasn't done it yet. I, I just could never fathom him leaving before. He's, you know, maybe turn the tide a little bit in that rivalry. Leave now would, would ruin his legacy. I mean, he was a great player at Michigan too. I think he would greatly tarnish his legacy if he was to leave. He's never seriously entertained any of these offers also. Uh, I think the one that was funny was, uh, uh, heading towards signing. I think it was the day after Urban Meyer retired where, uh, it was a uh, former, you wouldn't believe this, but former Ohio State receiver Chris Carter. Uh, comes out with this rumor about Harbaugh considering the n f l uh, while in the same interview saying that he had a great conversation with urban Meyer the day before uh, those of yeah those of us who have covered uh Michigan long enough know that you know these schools are trying to use it against Michigan and you know negatively recruit them so um and then the, the Jets thing where an n f l team actually has to come out and say that it 's not true uh kind of goes to, goes to show you like how ridiculous uh some of it kind of gets so i I think it does. I think what's always funny is, on one hand, you know, the national pundits who still say that, that Harbaugh is overrated, but then on the other hand will say that, like, prestigious NFL franchises like the Green Bay Packers uh want to, you know, back up the brink trucks to bring him in and be their coach and run their team, you know, and stuff. It's just – there's always a funny dynamic with that kind of stuff. But, uh yeah, it it definitely – it's tiring. I don't think people pay nearly as much as they – Used to I think the only reason he came out publicly this time and said something was because I do think that was something coming up in a recruiting trail. Um, they kind of needed to nip it in the bud and you know try to just make a definitive statement of where he's at and what he's thinking for the future.
0: Okay, and then last thought here, you know, from afar, what have you noticed from this Florida team in, in year one under Dan Mullen and you, know, you guys are kind of familiar with Dan Mullen and he played in the, in the Gator Bowl a few years ago when Mississippi State and Michigan matched up?
1: They're better coached. Uh, I mean, that's that seems pretty clear to me. I mean, you know, I like Felipe Franks personally. I don't, I don't know the full details on how he's done this season. I know he's always had the tools to be a pretty good quarterback. I, I don't know. Is Emery Jones a guy that's going to get a lot of run on Saturday or not in some different packages? I would assume if his redshirt is still available that he will. Uh, defensively, they've always been solid. They were solid last year too, I think. It was just uh, Michigan was able to hit on a few big plays. Uh, I know they had a the weird thing about last year's game was, you know, Michigan ran the ball three times on like third and ten plus and got it. Uh, I think they were just kind of – uh not throwaway calls, but field position calls maybe, but then they came like 20 yards on them and, and move it down the field and, and would eventually score. I mean, I suspect that this game is going to not be anything like what the last two games have been at all. Like I said, I think the motivation, the factors of motivation on Florida's side in this game, I'm again, I'm really, really interested to see how Michigan comes out and plays, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, their biggest criticism was, you know, they have three wide receivers in Nico Collins, Street Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones. All three of those guys are excellent players, and I don't think they saw the ball nearly enough against Ohio State and maybe throughout the season. And uh, so I'm interested to see if Michigan can, you know, match up with them. I know uh, Gardner is playing, correct? So, yep. you know, then Florida's not having anybody sit out, you know, so they'll be at full force, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I think their defensive line will give Michigan some issues, and I think so that'll – with, with no Higdon, you know I think there's an opportunity for them to maybe slow down that running game because uh, again I think I do think Turner may be the guy that gets the most carries. Now you have a true freshman all of a sudden who uh, the the workload is on him. You know, and it's a real first opportunity. So uh, I do think there's areas where Florida can really exploit uh, Michigan offensively. I, I, that's why I think it's going to be on them to throw the ball and, and to try to win this game. So uh, I'm torn on who's going to win. I, I I'd almost pick Florida because. You know, you're, you're talking about four big time players that Michigan's not gonna have. Uh, you can't, you can't replace that. As well as some of the replacements may play, uh, these are four guys that have the experience and, and have the talent, uh, to be big timers. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's Michigan's just in, they're in a no-win situation in my opinion, because the fan base is always out for blood. If they lose this game, they're gonna get, can't, they're gonna, It's going to be a bunch of crap like they usually get, you know, the fans and some of the media. Uh, But then they also have these four top players who are all not going to be playing. Um, And who knows, they may limit the snaps of some of the other seniors. It's hard to say. Uh, So, I don't know. It's one of the weirder games I can remember. I I think the game in Columbus really just sent things into just like a dizzying state right now because nobody expected michigan to not lose but to get beat the way they did and so i think everyone's just kind of like yeah we have no idea what's going to happen
0: yeah it's kind of the way i see it too i don't, don't, don't really know what like you said the players out and, and the mindset and uh you know bowl, bowl games in general i don't really know what to expect I don't know the motivations of these teams so uh glorified exhibitions but uh, this one should be fun uh in atlanta in the peach bowl a uh, big time setting so hopefully both teams come up uh willing to fight
1: should be a fun game i assume it will be like i said i think or has a real opportunity in my opinion. I mean, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. I, th- I think they have a real opportunity on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Get the Gator fans ready for, ready for some positive mojo and definitely at, at least give, at least give Michigan a game <laughs> for the first time in, in a while. So that's uh, Steve Lorenz uh, from the Michigan insider on the 24, seven point 24, seven sports network. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us here on Gators breakdown.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks as always.
0: Great insight there from, from, from Steve. And Hey, let's get into this game. And of course, the big story, of course, the Michigan players sitting out here, defensive end Rashawn Gary, linebacker Devin Bush, he's the Big Ten Player of the Year, and running back Karan Higdon, and also now uh, recently the starting left tackle uh, Jawan Bashel Beatty, also now sitting out. There. He's been limited with an injury go- going back to two games ago versus Indiana but didn't play versus Ohio State. But, um, hey, look, replacing Bush means you're replacing a team leading 79 tackles uh, nine of those for a loss and, and five, six, five sacks. As I mentioned, a Big Ten Player of the Year there. So you, Michigan's going to have to replace Big Ten Player of the Year and all those stats there. And also on the other side of the ball in Higdon, Michigan has to replace a, a running back that averages 107 yards a game, 5.3 yards a carry, uh, and gain uh, 1,220 yards. Uh, on the ground this year and hey look you go look at Rashawn Gary as well he'll you know he missed three games this season so he doesn't he still gets kind of overlooked as much as a guy with his uh, his stature can get overlooked uh, but they you know, missed three games this season and but look, Michigan's pretty deep on the defensive line and it, but you know it's still tough to replace the best that Gary can bring he's still ranked fifth on the team with 44 tackles also had seven and a half tackles for loss and three and a half sacks on the year. So when he was on the field, he was still a big in time, uh big time impact player. That you know, <laughs> look, we saw last year when we played Michigan and we opened up with Michigan and, and what Bush and Gary and those guys could do. Uh, so and Higdon came on this year. So Michigan's going to be missing a lot of star firepower here uh, going in uh, to this Peach Bowl. And let's uh, let's take a look at just how good this Michigan defense has been over the course of the season. I have mentioned these uh, stats in in past episodes, but this is kind of a a refresher there. I know some people I saw on on Twitter uh, wondering about this Michigan team and what we were getting in them. So uh, these stats are only measuring when FBS schools have played each other. So no Cupcake SES schools are included in the recorded stats for all the FBS teams here. So Michigan ranked 10th in the country and only giving up 17.6 points per game. By comparison, Mississippi State uh, gives up 12 and a half per game. They led the country there. Uh, so Michigan gives up about five more points a game uh, than Mississippi State did uh, when they, when they leading the nation there. Uh, the Wolverines are also no, uh, number one in yards per game, only giving up 262 and a half yards a game and third in yards per play with 4.2. To finish this out, they rank 19th in rushing yards allowed with 116 yards a game. The Gators averaged 210 yards a game on offense versus FBS opponents, and that's good for 25th in the nation. So something's going to have to give there. Will the Gators stick to the run game? Uh, will they come out and pass the ball like they have many times this season? Or you know, will they try and wear down this Michigan defense? Uh, either way, it's going to be tough. Uh, the Wolverines placed the number one overall uh, pass defense in the nation, only giving up 146 yards per game through the air. The Gators are averaging 196.6 yards a game, ranking 94th in that category. So Gators gonna have their work cut out for him. Felipe Franks gonna have him work cut out for him if the Gators want to get something going through the air. Uh, but Felipe Franks on kind of a kind of a roll now since the uh, second half of that South Carolina game, running and passing. So we'll see if that opens up uh, some things against this really tough Michigan defense. Uh, looking at their best game of the season, go back and look at that as well. You know, given the opponent, they held a pretty good um, Penn State offense to seven points. Uh, on offense, um, they had 259 yards rushing. Michigan did. Held Penn State to 68 yards rushing. Trace McSorley, Penn State's quarterback, only had 83 yards passing, going 5 of 13. And Shay Patterson himself for Michigan was 11 of 17 for 144 yards. So, I mean, tell you what, they held Penn State to 68 yards rushing. Trace McSorley only only a 83 yards passing, 5 of 13. You know, Felipe Francis is going to have to outperform that, of course, uh, if the Gators want to walk out. Uh, of Atlanta with a victory here, so you know uh, Gators will have to put more points on the board than they did against a similar defense. Going back to kind of Mississippi State, uh, one of the nation's best defenses, Gators only put up 13 points there. You wouldn't expect that to be enough points here uh, to, to, to get a win versus Michigan. So you know have to be uh, putting up pretty good stats against one of the best defenses in the nation that the Gators will play this year. One advantage the Gators will have. If you want to move uh, to the Gators defense is Mullen in his experience is going to get Shea Patterson. Don't know how much that plays into it. Uh, you know, we'll see you know, kind of an up-tempo mobile quarterback. They uh, look, those types have given Florida issues this time this, uh, at times this season. Patterson averaged over a 4 yards attempt on the ground. And most of that comes when, when the play breaks down. Mullen mentioned uh, that's where Patterson is difficult to defend. Quote, he has the ability to improvise within the offense not just take off and run to try and scramble to stay alive, uh and make big plays. So Mullen coached against Patterson when uh when Patterson was at Ole Miss back in two thousand sixteen. Uh so on the season, this year, two thousand eighteen, Patterson has thrown for two thousand three hundred and fifty four yards, twenty one touchdowns, five interceptions. He has been a steady quarterback, but, you know, not spectacular for for the Wolverines here. So, you know, while we know the Gators pass rush can wreak havoc and and with Michigan starting left tackle out for this game, uh, there's going to be some opportunities to get the Patterson. You know, look for Ja'Kai Polite to to, to come out wide uh, on his pressure. He does that a lot. So you know, keeping contain is a must here, uh, but also keeping constant pressure uh, will also be the key on Patterson. So it's going to be interesting to see how much Patterson can break contain if Polite is. I mean. His best pad rushes is when he goes out wide and gets around that, and gets around that tackle. So there's going to be opportunities for, for Patterson uh, to, to, to make some play with his legs. Uh, so I think look for plays, big plays, to go both ways here, especially when it involves Jacopo Light coming off the edge. So you know, hopefully if you want to go back to Michigan's worst, you know, I've been describing here their good. If you want to go back to their worst, that was their last game of the season, the last game that they played. You know, Hopefully Florida can do something similar to Michigan to what Ohio State did uh, to the Wolverines. Michigan uh, entered that Ohio State game leading the nation uh, much like they do now in, in passing yards allowed per game, passing yards allowed per attempt, completion percentage allowed, passer rating allowed, uh, Led the nation in pass defense you know, for the third season in a row uh, going into that last game of the season and the Buckeyes entered the game second nationally in total offense so you knew What could be done from that Buckeyes offense, and it was Haskins and the Buckeyes. In that offense, that really showed up. Buckeyes, Ohio State, 62 points, marked the second most Michigan has allowed in 139 seasons. Also marked the most games Jim Harbaugh has ever allowed as a head coach, and the most defensive coordinator Don Brown has ever surrendered as a defensive coordinator. Ohio State finished the game with 573 yards of offense. On 8.8 yards per play and you know we talked about how good that Michigan defense was but no pass rush versus Ohio State Michigan 31 sacks on the season none versus Ohio State uh, Michigan pr- pressure on, on Dwayne Haskins non-existent Buckeyes quarterback picked apart Michigan and uh, it was mostly because Michigan couldn't couldn't get to it couldn't get to him and he picked him apart crossing routes wide receivers um, Buckeye wide receivers open all game long zero sacks on Haskins when he finished with 318 yards passing five touchdown passes as well uh, 19 to 30 so you know Michigan was expected to take advantage of uh, Ohio State's kind of weakness being on their offensive line and it was a direct opposite so Florida's offensive line you know much more line in the past really good season this year doesn't give up a lot of sacks Felipe Franks gets rid of the ball so it was going to – you know, I do expect Michigan to get some pressure. I think play calling kind of help, help there. Do we go back to what we saw versus Michigan and a ton of screens, uh, that option play with, with Franks and Piran that was so popular at uh, midpoint of the season? I think we're going to see a lot more of those plays uh, there. So uh, looking at what Michigan did on offense against Ohio State, 161 total rushing yards uh, in, the Michigan, in the Ohio State defensive front, uh, able to pressure Patterson all game. Sacked him three times and knocked him out of the game. <laughs> so, uh, if you can get to him there, you know he may not be able to stay healthy uh, as he's coming off of their last game, uh, not finishing the game, uh, or uh, knocked him out. I think he did finish the game. Uh, Shea Patterson did, but uh, Ohio State was able to knock him out there. So, all in all, what we got here: Mullen, six and two in bowl games over eight seasons at Mississippi State would have been seven and two if you want to count last year's Tax Slayer. A uh, bowl win against Louisville, and that was Dan Mullen's team. But he was already here at Florida uh, and didn't coach that game there. So I, I think there's there's plenty of motivation from the Gator side here, going for ten wins, putting a statement on the turnaround season, uh, beating Michigan for the first time, uh, and a little redemption from from last year's opener versus Michigan. Yes, it's a different year, but you know, too many players uh, on this team were embarrassed last year versus Michigan. It was it was Frank's first start. Offensive line was pushed around. Jordan Scarlett didn't play because of the credit card scandal. Uh, the defense was pushed around by a very average Michigan offense. Uh, many of the Michigan players were, were on that team playing as well, so there's plenty of uh, incentive for redemption uh, on this Gators team. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say Florida players care more about this game because I don't know that You know, for sure. Even though you see Michigan players are sitting out, you know, I'm more in the line of thought that that bowl game's uh, are pretty much meaningless exhibitions, but but when you miss one like Florida did last year, and you're trying to put a statement on a turnaround year, I think I think it does, you know, send the message that the players are taking this a little bit more serious by not sitting out and, and playing. So we'll see we'll see how that part of it plays out. You know, the players playing for Michigan may come in and, and play with all their heart, uh, and the Gators may come out and, and do the same. I do that I do hope that's what we get, uh, and it still leads still lead to a Gators blowout. Uh, I see the thought out there from fans that uh, the outcome of this game might be hit with an asterisk because Michigan players sitting out. Well, oh well. (laughs) That's not our problem. That's their problem. Uh, I'll remember a win if it happens. I won't remember how it happened. Uh, And uh, putting a a 10-win mark on on Dan Mellon's first season. So, uh, you know, it's the last game of the year, and I'll enjoy it. Uh, So uh, maybe, maybe we can just hope that the Gators can claim a national championship by winning... Uh, the Peach Bowl, uh, like UCF did last season, but uh, (laughs) uh, with all that said, you know, let's go with the prediction on the Gators here, 27 and Michigan 20, Uh, I do think it'll be a a pretty game, Uh, I don't think it'll be a pretty game stats-wise here, Uh, maybe a defensive touchdown, special teams touchdown somewhere in there, Uh, but I do think we'll see some fun, something we haven't seen this season, Uh, Emory Jones will probably get some playing time here, maybe it's kind of a little bit more than what we saw against Georgia in that package. i have probably look for Franks to get a big majority of the snaps. But Emory Jones may be a package here here and there and an expansion on that package as well. Some more plays we probably haven't seen uh, from him too. i look for an up-and-down day from Shea Patterson, the Michigan quarterback. But and I think it would be a big Ja'Kai Polite hit late in the game that seals it for the Gators. Uh, and the Gators walk out of the Peach Bowl get their 10th win in the season and uh, kind of an exclamation point on the uh, 2018 season and looking ahead to the 2019 uh, campaign. So I'll be in Atlanta for the game uh, getting in late Friday night. Uh, I'll be around Saturday before the game and, and after the game around downtown Atlanta so keep an eye out and uh, let's go have some fun in Atlanta as Gator Nation hopefully with the Gators victory but it should be a good time, should be fun. Uh, the, the, you see all the videos that the social media team for the Gators is putting out, they're having a lot of fun. Uh, as well so you know last game of the season let's go have some fun and uh, hopefully uh, an exclamation point as I said uh, to end this season. Thanks to Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports and the Michigan Insider for joining me here and giving the Michigan side of things pretty good preview there uh, getting you set and ready uh, for the Peach Bowl. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown David Waters you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave_Sec. underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there thanks for listening to this episode of Gator's Breakdown.